Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are recording. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm Kevin Daisy, your host, also the founder of Array Digital. We exist to help law firms grow their practice through digital marketing. So if you need that kind of help, please reach out. Today, I have a really awesome guest, special guest, actually coming uh, live out of St. Petersburg in Russia today. Uh, Owns a practice based out of Panama. So he's got a really cool story. I'm really interested to get talking with him and, and have you guys learn more about what he's up to. So Evgeny, welcome to the Kevin, podcast. Hi. Thanks for coming on. Very good to meet you, Kevin, and thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. So. Yes, sir. So Evgeny and I have had a little bit of chance to talk uh, backstage here before recording. He is in St. Petersburg at the moment. What time is it there, Evgeny? Uh, it's about 5.30 now. 5.30. So we're just getting started here. It's 10.30 uh, in Virginia in uh, the U.S. You know, he's at the end of his day there. But so, Evgeny, tell us, you have a unique story already, a background, but start us out from kind of where you're from and where you grew up. And we'll kind of get more into what you're up to now and, and how you got to where you are. Yeah, it's a, it's been a long journey uh, with with lots of uh, interesting steps in the way. But um, I was born in Moscow and I emigrated as essentially a refugee from Moscow because uh, the family was Jewish. And in the 70s, there was an opportunity for them to escape uh, the communist regime legally. So a lot uh, left. We were among the first. My dad was a plastic surgeon, uh, medical family. We uh, immigrated. I grew up uh, essentially in Australia, got my education there. And then in the 90s, I went back to uh, Russia, started one of the biggest law firms in the Far East, uh, was involved in investment in shipping and oil and gas and all those areas. Then went in different parts of the world, including eventually um, the islands in Fiji and Vanuatu, where I worked... um, with the passport program, we created, or well, actually my friend Stefan Mandel uh, created the first uh, Vanuatan passport program with the mm. government. He changed the law. He actually won the lottery 22 times using a Fibonacci code to win that. And he was, uh, so he's a bit of a maverick, a very in- interesting guy. And uh, there we started with one of the world's, uh, well, actually one of Hong Kong's wealthiest people the concept of what we call a future city or a private city. And then that didn't go ahead because the government changed. So then after various adventures, uh, (laughs) because one of my uh, passions was basically uh, human rights law and um, structuring and trust law, though that sounds a bit uh, contradictory, but the two, I I very much was a a passionate believer of Ayn Rand, which is, uh, you know, what they call the, Uh, quite wrongly, the anarcho-capitalist movement, which is basically the minimal involvement of government in human life. Because of that, that, uh, you know, I've been involved in litigation against governments in in many ways and and, uh, have have had a lot of experience in that field, a lot of it negative, what governments can do to you, and have also protected many of my clients and advised them when they get attacked. So 
I decided or have been part of what we call the, the plan B movement, which is the movement to structure yourself to minimize your interaction with all sorts of nasty creatures like creditors and governments and ex-spouses and uh, etc. And that has been, the concept has been the creation of what we call a family office program, which is the structuring of your own complete family office system. And then I wrote a book, which under a nom de plume, because it's con controversial. Uh, yeah, you said uh, that. That's yeah, very yeah, interesting. So, yeah, uh, that book was uh, is called Avoiding Death and Taxes. It's on Amazon. It um, talks about the, uh, basically from my own experiences with uh, very powerful clients who are not named in the book about how they've been attacked uh, using political instruments and the law illegally. And, uh, you know, how they've, many have lost their fortunes due to that. And generally talking about the way the system is rigged against the individual and um, other things based on Ayn Rand's philosophy. But, I, you know, you'll have to read it to, to uh, <laughs> see. Well, more. I'm looking so, forward to reading it. Yeah. So I, I did a Google search, everyone uh, tuning in. If you're listening on the podcast or through one of our video channels, um, you can Google Avoiding Death and Taxes. Uh, it'll come up pretty quickly uh, by Eugene Friedman, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, so that's his, his other name. So uh, please check that out. I'm, I'm interested to read it, and I'm going to do that right away. I'm going to order me a copy today. So tell us a little bit more, too. Uh, I have some websites listed below on the screen. Uh, NTLwealth.com, uh, which is uh, your – that's the practice, I guess, based out of, of Panama. Yeah, it's – well, actually – the law firm is uh, in Panama is called Mundo Lawyers. It's a family office law firm. The the firm that Nantiel Wealth is, uh, of which I'm also CEO, is an international firm dealing basically in second citizenship. It's one of the top in the Russian market and growing in Latin America. And we're very much interested in working with Americans. We've had more and more Americans coming. Before Americans thought it was crazy to have a second citizenship, they didn't understand that <laughs> uh, America is no longer America, nor the ideals are no longer the ideals. So we have an office in uh, St. Kitts and Navis, uh, one of the oldest um, offices there with our own like legal team for trusts and asset protection and passports. We have our own teams all over the Caribbean, one of the oldest um, companies in the Caribbean for second passports. And we do second passports in other jurisdictions through our co-partnered firms, and basically we structure wealth. We specialize in the creation of family offices. So Mundo is our portal, which is a family office type of club, which teaches people in a way how to structure and how to invest uh, in the non-traditional method. For example, just a simple example, you know, your usual financial advisor will tell you, if you get 1% a year, it's going to be great. We have, for example, a bond backed by gold in Panama from a family office that buys gold. He buys it in futures and secures it with the bond. In other words, he uses the cash flow paying 8% a year fixed in, in American currency by gold. That's just one. We have IPOs, which pre-IPOs, which uh, have potential, huge potential. We have funds. We have real estate investment in Panama. We can buy an apartment in the center of the city for 115,000 with only 30% down and over five years by the developer. So 
what we do is we, we teach our clients basically how to structure themselves legally so far. I mean, you know, the world is trying to make any wealth illegal as we speak, but uh, so far legally and how to structure themselves in a way that they become a perpetual family office. And I can tell you about that if you like. Yeah, I mean, all this stuff is very interesting and, and I think unique to the podcast here. So uh, yeah, I appreciate you sharing you know, what you know and, and what you're doing. I think it's all very interesting stuff. And, and I think you know, from an American standpoint, yeah, I don't think I know anyone that has, you know, another passport. How all common is that in, in other countries for everyone listening? Without saying uh, too much, although what I'm saying is probably <laughs> saying too much already, uh, <laughs> most of the wealthiest people in the world have second passports simply because they're politically exposed. In other words, when you're wealthy, you'll be attacked. Let's take something that everybody vilifies, uh, the Communist Party in China, right? No, I mean, everybody understands. It, it simply works like this. If you're a member of the Communist Party in China and you don't you get out of favor with one of the people in your party who's more powerful than you, he'll have you executed and sell your organs on the open market. It's as simple as that. Now, for them, a second passport is a life insurance policy. If you're in any country which is considered a dictatorship, a second passport basically is an insurance policy of what happened because the government can basically freeze your passport, take it away, stop you for any reason. Usually they use reasons like you haven't paid tax because you had a cup of coffee 20 years ago, which you didn't declare, right? So and they, now can, the they can make up any reason pretty much, right? And they do, yeah. Now that technology is used by all governments. All governments are the same, in my view, uh, without saying more. It's the same technology. It's just written in a different, you know, red gotcha. or white uh, or black. Yeah. So that's, that's why a second passport, in short, is that's why uh, many of them buy second passports, simply because they're scared of what could happen to them for being perfectly legal. I mean, you look at uh, Jack Ma and, and the tax by the Chinese government on him and uh, and you look at all the Chinese, you know, billionaires that have fallen out of favor. Some have escaped. That's why many of the Chinese go to America to, you know, they're afraid of but this is not just the Chinese thing, right? It's, it's yeah. worldwide. Interesting. But yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, if I was in that situation, uh, I would do what I could to have a, a plan. Well, we call it like, yeah. a, like a plan B, right? Yeah, we, we call it a plan B, basically, which, <laughs> um, you know, in most, the problem is that um, now, and you can see the division in politics, for example, in America. I mean, you can see what is alleged by followers of Trump, and I actually believe that, there's been a lot of uh, rigging of... Uh, now, when you talk about illegalities happening in a country which pretends to be democratic, the rest of the countries just don't stand a chance. So it's everywhere. I mean, the, the fact is that, you know, if, if and you've seen it in America, for example, in the 1950s, practitioners of medicine who practiced uh, herbal medicine were attacked and put in prison because of the, what we call the medical mafia. That's a known fact. You know, it's, uh, and we're talking about just simple doctors who simply were trying to cure uh, conditions like cancer. They were, and then the courts eventually accepted that that was wrong. But that was a whole resetting of the, medic, of the medical model in America. Now it's totally pharmaceutical. 
Mm -hmm. uh, before it was herbal, and it changed in around the 50s. That's in my book as well. But uh, I can't wait know, to check so, the book out. <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there are things that we're not being told about. For example, you can also say that there's a lot of technologies out there, including medical technologies, that are disruptive. In other words, they go against the current monopolies, and the patents are bought by these companies and hidden away. Yes, so, yeah. When we talk about that and we talk about the power of government, I mean, you know, in America, if you're actually prosecuted for something or anywhere, your chance of actually defending yourself is less than zero. There's a famous story of a bank uh, in America, for example, 2008 crisis was considered by the FBI as fraudulent. In other words, many of the banks issued fraudulent credit. Now, none of them were prosecuted except for one small family bank owned by the Chinese. I forget in which state. They threw like $10 million in funds against that bank for fraud when all it did was issue credit based on, you know, normal practices. Now, yeah. the other banks were saved by money. Someone had to go down. <laughs> yeah, someone had to go down. So, again, if you have to go down... If anyone can do, go down, having a plan B asset protection. And this is not just, let's look at, look at the ordinary situation of a creditor. Now, if you are in America, if you are in a partnership with anybody or if you have any type of business, they can sue you for anything. We talk about, for example, there are cases in America where a robber was granted um, a claim for slipping in yeah. a house he robbed, right? So uh, <laughs> in that type of, yeah. Insane. I mean, it's nuts, but in that type of litigation stra strategy with contingency fees being the, the mode, uh, having an asset protection structure offshore is absolutely essential. Uh, not to mention, you know, divorce, where the spouse can basically make up anything he or she wants and have all your assets frozen forever. Now, all of that means that, you know, it's like basically having an insurance policy for, for medicine. It's, it's essential to have like a trust or an asset protection for yourself and the family, you know, so that's what we specialize in. Well, I mean, really, really fascinating for me and uh, hopefully for some of the guests listening as well, I would think. I was talking, so your book again, Avoiding, Avoid Death Avoiding and Taxes. Death, death and Taxes, yeah. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. Yes, and I was talking to um, him as well, Evgeny as well. Um, there's another book, which if you're interested, anyone listening, but is uh, the, the Creature from Jekyll Island, uh, which really goes in a lot of detail about uh, the Federal Reserve and how that was all orchestrated. And that's, that's another fascinating book um, that I think is worth uh, checking out, whether or not you uh, end up believing it or not. But it's, uh, you know, some things you got to, you know, you got to think about and, uh, and what's really going on in the world and with the governments. So uh, I appreciate you it's sharing all this. It's a beautiful work, the creature, the, the creature from Jekyll Island, but uh, it's interesting. I don't know whether it's in the book, but um I think three of American presidents have been linked to their assassinations, have been linked to their attempt to stop the Fed and to create, you know, their own uh, reserve, as it were. So there's a lot of not a good idea, of, <laughs> a lot of information about that. But yeah, 
so yeah, some fascinating stuff and, and should, should be read by everyone. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, you draw your own conclusion, of course, but definitely worth taking a look. I'm going to definitely check out your book. Um, so I wanted to ask you too, a little bit more about the, in, in Panama, you said that there's a, um, a city, the, the private city, first of its kind, potentially. So give us a little more information. Yeah, more information about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we partnered with some of Panama's top family offices uh, to create, we have the land, which is 1,500 hectares of land, which is quite a large bit of land on the beach, in right beside one of the best areas in Panama, one and a half hours to the city with its own airport, everything else. The city will be uh, unique and it'll be a private city. There'll be a lot of developments in that, for example, We've partnered with a number of institutes which are creating uh, disease-free buildings using technology that they've developed, which was a doomsday military scenario long ago, but that technology was never used. Now it's actual because now with with COVID and other viruses, this is only the beginning in in our view of what's going to happen. You know, any idiot with a virus bottle can actually release deadly very much easier than any nuclear threat. So we have that we have the technology for those buildings. We have new technology. Uh, it's a billion dollar fund, which has created new technology using sea waves, windmills and um, uh, power and solar to create basically almost free power. We have a company which is now going to be floated on exchange, which is by water from the bottom of the ocean. And we have a new technology which we have in its, you know, it, it's been developed, the prototype, which is uh, turning human waste into pure water and fertilizer. Now, so that's just part of the technologies we have, but the whole that's city is going, yeah. So, so the whole city is going to be based on Panama's existing legal technology, which is the free zone, techno, free zone laws, which grants a virtually tax-free exit and entry of goods no taxation on worldwide income, the right to issue your, no, uh, there's no limitation on crypto issuing or cryptocurrencies. So uh, we also have a family office which will hold the investment in pure gold. Uh, in other words, the investors will be able to invest in a gold fund to hold the investment pending the development of the city as a guarantee. So we've covered many of the bases. Uh, the project is it's at, at its first stage uh, around the financing, which hasn't started yet, but it's uh, everything is in place. We've got all the, all the players, all the teams in place to begin, and the land, of course, which is the key. So, yeah, that's incredible. Did you say a, a thousand acres? One thousand five hundred hectares. One thousand five hundred acres. Okay. One hectare is four four acres, so it's the size of a city. That's amazing. So I guess uh, first question in my mind is, how do you participate? How do you become part of this private city? (laughs) We'll release that next. There's two levels. First of all, we're going to have family offices who are going to buy a stake in the whole city. Now, the difference between that city and any other development, it's going to be a trading entity. In other words, the city will also own technology uh, and be able to trade in various... the whole city will also do uh, farms of um, fish farming because this is in a fish farming area, the top one of the top in the world. There'll be also organic farming. 
city will have a constitution which will ban all things that are bad for humankind, including GMOs. So everything in the city will actually enhance human health. The family offices will invest a stake in the purchase of the first ground, which will be the building of the infrastructure and which will be the purchase of the land. So they will own the land and the infrastructure. They'll own the city. The second round to the public will be, and again, not everyone will be able to participate, will be the I would issue. Assume. <laughs> Sorry? I said, I would assume. That's what I was yeah, yeah. wondering, yeah. Uh, you know, from what's that look like? So The idea of the city is not new. It was actually established in a book, which is very famous, of course, Anne Rand, um, who wrote about Gauls Gulch. And uh, there have been various attempts to create it over time in recent years. And they're only beginning. We expect many cities to pop up around the world like this. Panama just happens to be a really good place to do it simply because of the the fact that private cities are quite accepted in Panama. Large blocks of land are owned by families. There's no real interference. There's no problems with that. No one considers that a unique concept. So what we're doing is not radical in that sense. Gotcha. In some places, it would not be allowed. Um, so I assume you know, America would be one of those. <laughs> quite possibly, yes. <laughs> yes I can't so. even build a, a a deck in my backyard without getting approval. So <laughs> exactly. Well, there the city will will the government is actually supporting us so far. We've talked to them at the highest level, and they're very interested because it'll put Panama on the map. It'll bring the project is worth over thirty billion, so it'll bring a lot of um, resources to Panama, but also. The idea is to connect the world's wealthiest people with the world's smartest people in a community which will incubate the energy that America was supposed to have been long ago. The whole idea of America as a free, you know, libertarian, constitutionally based uh, country, which was, you know, an idea, mm -hmm. is possible, in my view, only with a small community of like something like 100,000 people that more or less can interact and know with each other and are selected. So there's no division between, for example, I'm totally opposed to the concept of socialism or communism. And uh, so will the city, you know, because, and uh, unfortunately that what I call a, a mental disease, which is socialism and communism is now <laughs> spread throughout the world. And so, Cities like this are the antidote, because if you look at what Anne Rand writes in her book, in Atlas Shrugged, she basically says if you put like 1% of the population actually does something and 99% are parasites, the population will die. The structure will die. And she predicts the collapse of America in Atlas Shrugged. And she wrote that uh, she was actually a Russian Jewish immigrant. And she wrote that I think it was in the 50s. Um, when she wrote, uh, don't quote me, it could have been earlier. <laughs> so it's very interesting that what she wrote is now actually happening, you know, with, with the, basically the smartest people being taxed to death and their ability for trying to do something, you know. So people are now understanding that they want to be able to produce their own labor. And by the way, another aspect of the free city, because I'm very much have been a product of indigenous rights. I believe the indigenous people of the world have had their land stolen and their and their culture destroyed. One part of the city will be reserved for the indigenous tribes of Panama to actually 
be protectors of the of the land in other words to grow to grow their own medicinal plants to grow other cultures and to actually participate in the preservation of the city as a, as a preservation of the nature of the city because we've we've screwed up our world as well you know there's so much plastic in the ocean now one of my friends who's going to be on the board uh, he dives with great white sharks and without a without a suit without a tank without sorry. nothing yeah and uh, he believes you know he's very much into preservation of the ocean there are actually islands of um, plastic in the ocean now bigger than don't break down and uh, if we don't start doing something we're going to destroy the world and there's nowhere else we're not going to get to mars anytime soon elon so, musk is not going to save us <laughs> yeah no well if he does he'll only save one percent of, of the richest people who he'll take with him and leave the rest of us to die him and jeff bezos <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so that's another reason why um, i'm so passionate about this because i believe that if we create enough cities like this we'll be able to literally save the world it's look like an ark in a way because if we if we ban all the things that are harmful to the environment and to human health in our in our own and that takes off worldwide and we create enough space we we preserve enough human rights we'll be able to you know uh, possibly uh, save mankind because i don't see any other solution it's certainly not a political one yeah no no doubt well Evgeny, I think, you know, what you're, what you're up to and what you're doing um, and how, um, what's, uh, what's the right word, uh, I guess, driven, motivated, active you are. Um, I think it's just amazing. I think, you know, I think everyone that's tuning in, definitely check out his websites, uh, ntlwealth.com uh, or mundo.expert. So it's not .com, it's mundo.expert to learn more about him. And yeah, I appreciate you really just sharing your story. So you're not just managing a law firm and, and practicing law, but there's so much more that you're up to and that you're doing, which I think is really interesting. And I think people should tune in and learn more about what you're up to. Um, what's the best way if someone wanted to connect with you or find out more about this uh, private city, what's, what's the best way for them to do some more research or connect my, with you? My email is CEO at ntlwealth.com. Yeah. And that'd be great to to receive emails there. So, yeah. Okay. So CEO at ntlwealth.com, yeah. uh, reach out to and get, and give it a, yeah, again, I just think your story is so unique and different and, you know, traveling the world, doing amazing things. I think it's all very intriguing. I want to check out your book. I'm definitely going to order that and read that as soon as I can. So that's going to be my list. I try to, trying to read, uh, you know, two books or more a month. So um, that's going to go in my library right away, but I'll, I'll push you to the front. So I no, can, I'd, uh, I'd love your I'd love your thoughts on that. Uh, no, I absolutely. really appreciate you know you know there's some interesting stuff in there in terms of the facts and I'd love you to to actually play the devil's advocate and see um, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be interesting. But uh, it's quite controversial. So uh, well, one of the things I mean, so I look at the cover of the book and I see you have Bitcoin kind of in the in the cover. Yeah, so, uh, crypto, crypto. Yeah, yeah crypto. So. Real quick before we tune out on this episode, thoughts on what El Salvador has done with well, the Bitcoin uh, as their currency. <laughs> I mean, basically, this is the in the last chapter, but I talk about that throughout the book. I mean, uh, essentially, it's this, and a lot of economists have been saying that, and it's it's a basic fact: no fiat currency has ever survived 
I mean, the, the, the one that survived the longest was probably the Roman coin. Uh, and that too collapsed. And uh, mm -hmm. the only things that have ever survived throughout history as a form of money has been gold and silver. And the reason for that is it's very hard to produce it quickly and uh, everyone believes in it. Now, as soon as people lose their belief in a currency, it collapses because it's not backed by anything. You know, the American dollar, the biggest debt in the world is, as we all know, is by America. So the minute people lose their faith, and that takes a second, as we see in the Great Depression, the economy will collapse. But not only that, so will the country, so will various parts of it. So it's quite the creation of new currencies and crypto is actually an evolution of finance. People have now understood that governments created money out of nothing they can do the same. Now, governments are trying to stop them, um, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, China's already banned it. Yeah, yeah they, want to do, they want to have the monopoly on that. Now, eventually, that won't stick because what is now happening is blockchain allows you to have what's called the DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. You don't need a central power to tell you how to trade. You can have smart contracts. So, in other words, if mm -hmm. I can I can track the trade and I can enforce my rights. I don't need a government, a law firm, a system. Yeah, a I yeah, an international bank or nobody. Exactly. So, so people will be able to go back to the way they used to trade in tribal societies with each other, but using blockchain. And then uh, the role of centralized authorities will end. Now, that's an evolutionary thing. Obviously, between that, there'll be wars, attacks, you know, attacks on freedom. But in the end, it's just not productive because when you use a bank, you pay something like if you put all your transaction fees, you can pay up to 4% of the transaction in fees. Whereas if you use the blockchain and your own currency, you have almost no fees. Now, in the end, the banks, the banks are also collapsing to fintech. So that's why the people that are creating their own now, let's say communities using things like ICOs, although that's no longer a popular word, but uh, coins are now creating exchanges based on themselves. They don't, they don't need anybody else. So, and that'll grow in my opinion. And when it's banned, people will just move to the places where it's not. So it's, it's a, yeah. So that's, that's why that's on the cover of the book, but there's yeah. more to it than that. Yeah. Do you personally invest in crypto? Yes. Uh, <laughs> however, there is a downside to crypto is that no one will know which crypto will survive. Um, yeah, there's just so many options right now. Um, I've got money in, in a handful, but it's kind of the wild, wild west right now. Yeah, it's exactly. It's a new, does survive will the people in that will will have thousands and thousands and it may be a new technology based on that but certainly within that there'll be waves of attack like taxation uh, prohibitions the fact that el salvador has adopted it is not a good thing for crypto for the reason of one has to understand what el salvador is and i wouldn't like to say that on a public broadcast uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yeah, no, it that, didn't, it didn't yeah. help Bitcoin and it only crashed, you know, went down and it seems like it's, well, they're basically just, they're forcing people to, to use it too, right? I mean, it's, it's not the way to do well, it. Well, I mean, it, it's sadly um, going to be a very bad blow to the reputation of Bitcoin because then it'll allow the regulators to play their card of excuse saying, oh, well, this is linked to criminal organizations and now we're going to ban it all. 
and sadly, that is the danger. That's the card they'll play. Of course, the, the dollar in cash is actually much worse as a system of exchange for criminals than Bitcoin, but they don't talk about that. So, yeah. you know, but that's another story. It's another story. We'll have to have another episode to cover all that. Well, I honestly, I just appreciate you sharing everything so that you have shared. And uh, again, I know we could probably talk all day, but for the purposes of the episode and everyone listening, I hope you've enjoyed what Evgeny's had to share. Um, and I know it's a lot. So you know, feel free to listen to this again. Check out his book. Uh, check out what he's up to. Check out the websites that I had shared and we'll post those out as well. But um, interesting stuff, man. I, I really appreciate you sharing. And again, coming from Mos Moscow, when are you traveling back to uh, Panama? Probably in about six weeks or so. Okay. So this man's all over the place. So uh, have a safe trip when you come when you go back. Me and you will chat after this. Just stay on with me. Uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in. I hope you have picked up some interesting things. I've got a couple books that you should check out. Again, Creatures from Jekyll Island, or The Creature from Jekyll Island, and uh, Avoid Death and Taxes. Avoiding uh, by our friend Death here. and Taxes. Avoiding Death and Taxes. So Google that. It comes right up. Check that out. I'm going to go get a copy right now. Everyone, for tuning in, thanks so much. We will have this featured episode up on our website arraylaw.com forward slash podcast. It'll also be an audio version uh, as soon as we get it edited up on all the podcasting platforms. Uh, so be sure to check that out. And that's it. So if everyone needs any help with digital marketing, your law firm, trying to do amazing things like uh, our friend here, please reach out. We can help you um, whether or not it's directly or just answering questions. We're happy to help any way we can. Go to Array. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. Uh, ArrayLaw.com. That's it. Have you got anything else you want to say before we go? No, that's it. Thank you so much for having me on. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. You too. Again, uh, amazing story, amazing things. And uh, look forward to talking to you more. And uh, everyone else have a great day. We've been recording this podcast free of charge for years. Hopefully you're getting amazing value out of it. We don't ask for much, but would you do us one favor? Would you tell just one person about this podcast. If you get any value whatsoever, all we ask, and we'd greatly appreciate it, is share the podcast with one person just like you.